Yeah, me tongue-tied. My name is Craig. I'm an alcoholic. Craig. Grateful to be here. Grateful to be sober. I want to thank Bill for asking me to do this. Um, thanks to a loving God, the program Alcoholics Anonymous, and old school sponsorship. I've been sober since February 17, 1991. It's 32 years and change. I got sober at 30 years old, and uh, it's been my one and only sobriety date by the grace of God. I want to welcome all the new people tonight and happy birthday, old Sullivan's and out of towners. It's, uh, it's always an honor and privilege to share an alcoholics and um, you know, it saved my life. It changed my life. It taught me how to participate in my life, not just to survive. And so if you're new, I hope you embrace the, the, the recovery process that it's offered to you and alcoholics anonymous. A little bit going back, you know, uh, I was, a uh, Born in Almonte, California, uh, and uh, first, you know, an alcoholic household. My father was a functional alcoholic. I never knew what that was, you know, and I remember getting to AA and I met Cliff Roach, one of my heroes in AA. And I, and I go, Cliff, what's a, I go, Cliff, what's a functional alcoholic? He goes, an alcoholic who has a job. <laughs> I never, I, it took me forever. I'm a slow learner here, you know. And so I don't know why. I was thinking about Cliff. He was one of my heroes in Alcoholics Anonymous. But anyways, my dad was an alcoholic. You know, and he was quite embarrassing when I had friends over and stuff. And uh, for me, so I hit out kind of with sports. I played a lot of sports growing up, especially basketball. My first dream was to play for Los Angeles Lakers. I wanted to be in the NBA, but I wasn't, I wasn't, I was far from good enough to play bass on a professional team. But I, I went to basketball camps, went to leagues and everything. I got A's and B's and, but, you know, I always kind of felt like, you know, the dork, you know, we, back then, you know, we were all kind of labeled jocks nerds brains you know you know you had all the classifications i was kind of in the dorks on the jock jock combination dork because you know i had these big ears and my father used to make me get these bowl haircuts because my dad was really cheap so i put a bowl on my head and cut my hair and my big ears would stick out and they called me dumbo the elephant and so a lot of a lot of insecurities growing up you know and for me uh, but then you know in 73 hit around i was 13 no 12 or 13 then and I wanted to be with the cool kids and all the cool, all the cool guys had all the cute girls and they seemed to have all the fun. And so I just wanted to start, I started hanging out with them and ditching class and so just, just started going to liquor stores and pimping beer. And that's when I started drinking. I started drinking when I was 14 years old, 1975. And all that, all that, all that insecurities and stuff kind of quiet down when I started drinking, you know, I just, felt like I was fun and I wasn't so, you know, insecure and all those things. And, and I, I swore I would never be like my, like my father. And then he was always so embarrassing to me. And so, but you know, the progression for me right away, I went from A's and B's and playing athletics uh, to cutting class. I got kicked out of two high schools. Uh, I even got kicked out of continuation school. That's even, that, that's, that's a tough one to do, you know? I, I can't believe, I remember calling called into the uh, principal's office, he goes, Craig, you know, we don't, we let you go at your own speed, but you've got to show up more than once every seven months here, you know, this isn't going to work out. So here I am, I'm kicked out to high schools, out of continuation, got this, these low paying jobs and just started and kept partying, kept partying and I, alcohol progressed to other chemicals, you know, this is Alcoholics Anonymous, but you know, I was a garbage can. If you asked me what my drug of choice was, I would have said, whatever you got. So that progression just went so quickly. So I'm, I'm a high school driver. I live in, live in my dad's house. I'm a bum, no job. You know, I mean, I had jobs, but I lose and get them, all that. 
but you know, the first thing is kind of started, I got arrested, you know, I got arrested when I was 19 years old uh, uh, for possession. I spent a night in Newport jail. And, and uh, at that point in time, I didn't, I still, I still didn't think I had a problem. You know, I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to have fun. And I thought the cops were picking on me and poor me, poor victim. I played the old, the victim all my life. And I spent a night in jail and, and, uh, and, and then nothing happened from there. You know, I didn't really, the consequences, I, I, cause my, my parents didn't kick me out of the house and say, go, go get a job, you know, I mean, or keep a job, whatever, you know, I was just, I lived off my, on my dad's back, back pocket and my dad didn't want to kick me out of the house. My mom did, but I'm not, I'm not my father. And then in the middle eighties hit, and then I had another problem, legal issue. And I spent five days in jail for that. And, and that was in 1986. And, and just from, and I was a nightclub guy. I had all the clubs. I used to go to, I used to go to the Red Onion, McConaughey's, Bobby McGee's, all those places, you know, I'd be from the eighties, you know, that was, I mean, I had a bar schedule. I think I went to bars <laughs> six or seven nights a week, you know, and uh, what happened? So what happened to me in 1990, uh, it's Friday night and the most two important places in my life at that time was the, uh, was El Torito's happy hour and the, uh, thank you, and the dope man's house. And on my way there, I was stuck in traffic. I'm in Portland, I gotta get past everybody. So I, I uh, was reckless driving and I lost control of my car, spun out on the 405, I hit another car. I sent a, I sent a woman away in a neck brace and, um, and I didn't get arrested. I wasn't loaded or drunk yet at that, at that time in that day. And so I, and, and my friend picked me up on his motorcycle and he made sure I got to El Trio's happy hour. I, I, I didn't even care if I had a concussion or anything. I didn't even care about the woman who went away in a neck brace and her car had damage to it. But I ended up going to court. I ended up going to court uh, uh, for that. And then they told me I had an outstanding warrant for a possession charge from 1986 that I never showed up for. And so the heat was on. So, you know, and I didn't want to go to jail. You know, I mean, I was like, I mean, I was afraid of losing freedom. I didn't think I was an alcoholic. I was in total denial. And so this attorney said, you know, I'm just, I know you, we don't get along. You're, I like your father, but I don't like you because you have a bad attitude. But there's the last piece of legal advice I'm going to give you. Is why, why, don't you why don't we get you into a treatment center and get a, get a delay your court case. And maybe you, maybe you won't spend three to five years in jail. And I just... I just listened to him for that reason only. So I ended up in a treatment center, uh, February 17th, 1991, New Beginnings, Lakewood, California. And I, I had my, I know alcoholics are lousy planners, but we're great plotters. And I had a plot, you know, I was gonna go 30 days in there to say all the right things, read the book really fast, credit quote, it'd be a big shot and uh, go back to my old life. But on the second day, uh, H&I panel from Alcoholics Anonymous came in and the second man who spoke on that panel was a, and named Johnny Elms, and he told this story. He was on fire for AA, man. His eyes bugged out. He talked about the, the recovery process. And the more he talked about the sobriety part of it, he was just, he was full of life. And I mean, I, something about that man, just, just, I listened to him. And I wanted, that was the first time I wanted more, I wanted to be sober more than I wanted to be drunk. You know, and I wanted what that guy had, a piece of it. So I talked to Johnny after the meeting and, and connected with him. He didn't become my first sponsor, and from that point on, you know, that was kind of my moment where I wanted a different life. I just wanted a different way of life. And, and from that point, I was on fire for Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, my, I went to the, the steps, the big book, with my first sponsor. Uh, 
And I, the fourth, the, what my real moment where I really felt I was working the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, it's not just hanging around the program, was when I did my fifth step with my first sponsor, Mark from Los Angeles. I mean, I mean Chicago Joe. The Joe was the, my sponsor. I went to my fifth one. Had a little change of sponsorship then. But I remember going to Joe's house and uh, I shared, I did my fifth with Joe and I, I felt all that, all that 4,000 pounds of, of guilt, shame, and remorse and, and shared with Joey, shared with me. And I felt like I was a part of something that was changing my life. I really felt that, you know, I didn't, that uniqueness went away, you know, that, that those insecurities and uniqueness for the most part have gone away through the years, you know. I, I've had a lot of things happen in Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, and I've had heroes in there, you know, my home group for years was the Wednesday night South Coast Speakers meeting. We used to call it the Gucci meeting. And some of my A heroes were in that room, John Ackerland, Tom Whalen, you know, John Crane, and all those guys that were such heroes to me. I didn't like the old timers when I was new, but the old timers saved my life. They told me the truth. They didn't coddle me and fluff me up like a nice fellow. They told me the truth, you know. You know, I, I, I soft AA never would have worked for me. You know, the men who, who sponsored me have told me the truth, like it or not. But anyway, so I got one minute left. I've, I've, it's been an honor to share with you tonight. And if you're new, I hope you embrace the pro, embrace the process. And uh, that was my first, second sponsor. Joe said to me, he goes, Craig, recovery is a process, not an event. So I hope that you're here for the, for the process. Thank you for my life.